Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Jenna Stevens of Burn Boot Camp, coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. Jenna, what's going on? How are you? How are you? Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm absolutely excited to have you on, and I can't wait to, to pick your brain on this because you've seen the industry from a couple of different lenses. Jenna and I got the chance to jam out a little bit before officially starting the interview, um, but Jenna, I'm a big believer in context, I think. Burn is certainly an expanding brand, but I'm sure that there are people that still aren't familiar with the brand entirely. So when you describe Burn as a brand and what it is that you guys do at your gym, what is what is Burn Bootcamp about? Burn Bootcamp, oh gosh, Burn Bootcamp originally started as a fit community of moms providing 45 minutes for women to come in work on themselves, socialize, have complimentary child watch. And the brand has expanded so much that most locations are now 100% co-ed. So it's a 45-minute boot camp that allows parents to drop their kids off for free, included child watch, and just focus on empowering themselves um, to get stronger, to feel good. And we build confidence at Burn Boot Camp. Yeah. And so you gave it a, a fantastic description there. As far as this specific studio, when did this one get started and when did you get involved with it? So we officially opened in May of 2018 in uh, the Las Vegas, Nevada location. And I, I started with this company from day one. So I was with them through the build out process, through installing the pull up rig to unwrapping every single dumbbell. And I've been with them the last four years since day one. Yeah. And interestingly, you started as employee, but somewhere along the way transitioned into the ownership seat that you're in. Talk to us about how that process happened and, and some, some of the highlights of it and as well as some of the challenges of it. Definitely. I think taking over as a gym owner has a different lens as you know, an employee and a trainer. So I started out as the head trainer for that location. I trained the majority of the camps. And then um, the owner, she actually lived across the country in Charlotte, North Carolina, and was commuting back and forth to keep this business open. And uh, she had her first baby realized, you know, hey, it's hard to pack up a newborn and change time zones and run this business. So I just said, hey, you know, I love this company. I love what you brought to Las Vegas. I would be happy to um, invest and take it over. And it was just, we are great friends and it just made a clean transition to me. And so now I've just taken over as the head trainer on top of the franchise partner. That's what we call the uh, ownership title at Burn Bootcamp. Yeah. And, and now you've been in the ownership seat for a little while. I'm sure you know more today than when you took over in, in a learning process for sure. Talk to us about uh, what your favorite part about being an owner of this has been so far. And at the same time, talk to us about what, uh, what some challenges are day to day that you guys face. That's a great question. I think when you know, for me, I know I knew this process was going to happen. I was going to take over as owner and I had this vision of all these things I was going to do. And you think, 
you can just snap your fingers and all these changes are going to be made and improvements are going to happen. And I think the challenge with that is it doesn't happen as fast as you want it to. There is a process. Your day-to-day -day operations are priority. So working on those extra projects don't, you know, they get pushed to the back burner and um, it's hard when you're anxious and excited and just can't go as fast as possible. So that's yeah. been the, the struggle there. You know, I had a, a huge vision. I had plans and we're, we're, I'm coming up on my one year mark of ownership and I haven't done what I thought I would accomplish by that one year mark, but it's not a bad thing. Our growth is great. And I just think timing is timing is timing. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of people in our industry had ambitious plans that were somewhat derailed by this global pandemic thing that came about. I think it's irresponsible for us to avoid talking about it. But for you guys, how do your membership numbers now compare to prior to the pandemic 2019 or, or early 2020? Uh, fantastic. I think as hard as that was for gym owners to try and keep their business afloat, I think now that we're past it and we're in this position, a lot of people realized that they need fitness in their life, that being a part of a community, not just a gym, but a part of a community is just a huge part of mental health. So for us, it has been really eye-opening for our community to realize that they need to be there and they need that 45 minutes. Um, so for us, our numbers have just boomed since that. And we, you know, we are so grateful because uh, not as many gyms have been so lucky. And it's really sad to see some gyms have to shut down. Um, some gyms just took a took a turn and they're like, you know, we're going to go virtual. They're still open, but they're like, you know, what, virtual works for us. We're going to maintain it. But for us, it worked really well. Uh, we did good and our community supported us and brought all their friends after once everything was back open. Sure. And, and with restrictions lifted, we're operating with at least some level of normalcy. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the marketing that goes into attracting new people to the business in the first place. What's been successful for you guys to expand the business thus far? Ooh, marketing. Tell you what, you know, as a fitness owner, marketing is not my strength, but what I think gym owners need to know is that it's always and forever changing. So marketing, you, you just have to keep up with the trends. Um, just try your best to find someone that is passionate about marketing to keep you in the loop. Um, so I have just people on my side that help me. We were learning, especially with the pandemic, but just, you know, time evolving that social media and virtual marketing is the way to go. Yep. You know, longer the days where you get something in the mail and you actually look at it and you say, I want to go to that gym. And, you know, nope. it, it's so virtual. I mean, from a podcast like this to you're scrolling on Instagram and Instagram tells you, you need to go to this gym that's down the street. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And I think just trying to keep up with the trends yep. uh, is, is now key. Yeah. And, and you mentioned you have some people helping you out with that. Is this in-house? Is this outsourced to somebody? What are, what are you referring to? Both. So I have a member who is now an employee and she does all of our social media. She has a schedule. She knows what images to capture, videos, trainer tips that we give out. She posts two to three times a day for us on our social media. And with that, we've outsourced to a um, marketing company where we give them a fee and, and they do all the ads 
advertising for us. And I think, well, as an owner, you, your budget is so tight, but I think for us, as for me, I'm not a marketing person. I am not a strong social, social media ad person that hiring someone that that is their passion, that is their specialty has been the best budget spent so far. Yeah. What, uh, what platforms are the, the agency that you're using? What are they, where are they putting your money? Because I think that's a really hotly debated topic in the industry. At least you mentioned social media before. Is that where these dollars are being spent? Is it on social media? It is. So in the past, we've always done Facebook and now they ventured to Facebook and Instagram. And recently they've added Google ads. They found that putting some money behind a, a Google ad now is is getting the most clicks and the most traction into these gyms so we kind of just give them the free-for-all to play let us be your guinea pig and you play with the marketing and see what works so they're finding right now that google ads are working fantastically for gyms okay and so we're generating leads and and so leads are wonderful but at a certain point we need them to come into the facility and, and transition into a paying client for you guys just do some, some marketing math with us, roughly how many leads do we get in a month? And then what does that translate to and in, in how many new sales appointments we get in a month? So for a good, a good backtrack, uh, January, February, right? People are motivated that dollar that I'm putting behind marketing is a little bit higher, yep. but let's give an example based on our numbers. If we have, you know, a hundred leads, this marketing company will get about 90% of those people to come in and try a camp. Okay. So they're showing up. They're okay. showing up. So they feel like, Hey, if someone's clicking on this, they're in, they're already interested. They're ready to make a change. The hardest part is getting them in the door. So we're seeing about 90% of them come in the door. And then after that, it's our job to, to give them what they're looking for. You know, are they Who handles the sales in your, in your facility? Is it you? It is, it's everybody. We are. Okay, by committee. We are, yes, I do have one person that's focused on the learning, the education behind and the science behind sales. And she teaches our team. But it's everybody from the trainer to the front desk to even the child watch staff. You think these girls back there, they just watch kids for 45 minutes, but <laughs> they, they sell memberships. Yeah. You know, the parents pick up their kids and they have a connection. And so it's important that they understand sales of a gym as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a whole team effort for sure. Got it. Okay. And at least for a numbers standpoint, we're getting 90% of a good month in to try a class Beyond that point, do you guys track conversion on those and how many were actually signing up? Yes, yes. When I took over, our conversion rate was 30 to 35%, and we bumped up to about over 40%. Mm -hmm. I need to see, and I think every gym owner agrees, 50% close rate minimum, sure. right? So, so then the question is, what are what are we doing that's not getting us to a 50% close rate, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's always the question is why didn't that person commit? Um, you know, could be a number of reasons from cost to schedule to lack of motivation. They were motivated the day they wanted to try a camp and then they woke up the next day and were like, nah, I actually don't want to work out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a potentially a combination of all of them. I'm sure. 
everybody mm -hmm. has their individual reasons, but a little bit of room for improvement on that conversion number and in the sales process in general, it sounds like. And, and beyond that, Jenna, I mean, acquiring customers is one piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Keeping customers is a completely different topic. Retention is how we build longevity in businesses like this. Do you guys measure churn or attrition or, or average lifespan of a member or anything like that? Yes, not, I would say we do track it. It's not a daily number we run, but we have seen most of our members stay with us since day one. Rarely do we see someone. And if they do leave, it's mostly because we are actually in a, a high military air force community uh, and yep. you know they don't have the choice, but to move. Well, yeah, nobody has a hundred percent retention. That's fair. Yeah. 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 But we do really well. And I think for, for our gym and, and then within the franchise, what makes us different, and I think other owners can can tap into this, is to build a sense of community um, outside just the workout. So we do a lot of social events in our gym. Um, okay. building that, yeah, so like members are making friends and then that builds that sense of community and they feel supported inside the gym and then outside the gym. So I think for us, that's been really what's kept our retention, you know, where it's at. Yeah. And I think if we're to take us to take a step back and sort of zoom out on this and think about the marketing and the sales funnel overall at the top, we have lead gen, you guys are outsourcing this to an agency and we have an in-person sort of organically driven route in the middle sales kind of done by committee. And then down at the bottom retention, obviously you mentioned a number of strategies and things that you guys focus on. Is it that sales part in the middle where you think you could make the biggest impact or is it one of the other two under three? I a hundred percent agree. It's the sales. It's the operations of, you know, our business. We're in this transition where our employees we're, we're, we're moving them. Maybe they're not in the right position and we're, we're onboarding them to a different role. That's stronger for them. Getting everybody employees in the right position and then making sure they know exactly what to do when with that, making sure everyone's comfortable having that sales conversation and showing that lead how much value we can offer. Yeah. Okay. And obviously our, our whole conversation thus far has been sort of operating and, and building a business in your sort of a model, the boot camp model. But let's look forward a little bit, Jenna. I mean, short term is is easiest to articulate for most business owners within this year. What are some targets? What are we looking to accomplish? Where do you see this thing going? I see by between October and December, so the end of the year, we will be at 300 members, which when I took over, we were at 189. So to see that growth, um, just phenomenal. And 300 members can just put our gym at just a totally different, totally different funnel. I mean, the... I can pay my employees more. I can take better care of my community. We can do more things. We can, you know, update the gym. Just so many factors go into that number, but that is our current short-term goal by the end of the year would be 300, just a nice yeah. even 300 number. Yeah. And I think one thing that you mentioned there is, is tremendously important. A lot of the time in our industry, we sort of demonize gyms for being profitable but you brought up an incredibly important point the gym making more money allows you to 
pay our employees more, update the facility, keep things nice, throw these member parties that it is that you're talking about. It doesn't necessarily mean you're sitting on the beach drinking mimosas, driving your Ferrari around, although maybe that's an option too. But <laughs> a lot, a lot nice. of the time, I think we, we sort of, it, it gets a bad rap for gyms that make money, but it translates into a better member experience and everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Not the case if we're not making money, right? Oh, totally. And I think I think it's healthy to share your numbers with your community and with other gym owners and help each other out um, within, you know, other gyms in our city of Las Vegas. We're not competition. At the end of the day, our goal is to make our city healthier and for yeah. them to find the best fitness. Oh, yeah. Our competition is people that aren't working out in the status quo. That's that's far more accurate. Uh, and, and so expand that thought a little bit, Jenna. I mean, we said we want to get to 300. Hypothetically, we get to 300 and, and then what? What's sort of the bigger picture for you longer term? You know, I haven't even gone that far because okay. uh, I I think me hitting 300 members would be such a huge accomplishment that I, I can't even, I can't even see myself past that and not to, I'm not setting myself up for failure necessarily, but I think I am healthier having short-term goals. I couldn't, I don't even know what I would do if we were at 300, 375, 400 members. I mean, that is You'd be sitting on the beach drinking mimosas and driving your Ferrari. Oh my gosh. What I, I mean, my trainers would have an awesome source of income. My members would be in the cleanest gym with the prettiest paint on the walls. I mean, best equipment. So yes, that, I mean, let's say my next goal is that 375. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right. Absolutely. I love it. Jenna, I think that's a that's a pretty good place for us to begin to wrap this whole conversation up. But before we do that, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn a little bit more about your club. Is there a website? Is there specific social media? Where can people find you? I think most people are social media driven these days. So I think the best place to learn about us, if you're not ready to jump inside physically, would to search for at Burn Bootcamp Las Vegas. So uh, it is nationwide. Burn Bootcamp, the brand has 300 and gosh, 17 open locations. So if you're not in Las Vegas, you could probably find one near you. So just search at Burn Bootcamp, but specifically Las Vegas is our location. And um, Instagram would be the first place. And then from there, you know, jump in for your first camp. Check us out on all of those platforms and connect with Jenna. Jenna, I. I enjoy these conversations thoroughly. I think any sort of business owner willing to come on and share what it is that they're doing and and highlight their strengths, but at the same time, be a little bit humble and explore what it is that they're still working on. I think that conversation is tremendously valuable for the community overall. So I can't thank you enough for your time and your contribution. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And it sounds like your, your passion and, and conviction for this is through the roof. So I wish you nothing but the best. And and again, thank you. Thank you so much for having us, for having me and providing this platform for other gym owners. We're all in this together. So I think this is such a great resource for all of us to get better. Absolutely. So thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us, 
from talking about your platform and your business within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of W. Kim Taekwondo in Mount Prospect, Illinois, James Netzel. Thanks for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me. This is, this is a fantastic opportunity. I am excited to hear more about you and what you're doing over there. So let's jump into it. Tell us what W. Kim Taekwondo is all about. So W. Kim Taekwondo is, uh, is uh, it's, we started over, uh, it's been 40 years now. We started in 1982. Uh, we have a bunch of locations. I own the Mount Prospect location here in Illinois. Uh, we've been uh, uh, focused mostly for the last 20 years just on kids. Uh, we, we work on developing um, leadership skills, focus, discipline, um, building confidence, um, all those things to kind of help uh, kids have a leg up when they're getting out into the, the world that is life. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. And I'm sure we could talk just about the benefits of self-esteem and maturity and confidence and all that for hours. Um, I think that that part, you know, if, if people are listening, don't understand that. Um, that's really uh, what it's about, I think, a lot more than just the forms and the techniques. But we'll get into that a little bit more. But before we talk about what you're doing now, we have to we have to get a little bit of background. You've been involved in this for somewhere around 30 years. Um, you've been with, you know, W. Kim and the family for a while involved in that. So kind of take us through the backstory of this. Yeah, sure. So I started uh, at the age of 12 uh, with W. Kim. So I've been with the same school for the whole time. Um, my parents actually put me in it because they felt that I needed more confidence. <laughs> so it's something that uh, I've decided basically actually when I, it was about 15, 16 that I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. Um, ups and downs, you know, come along the way. I was working with W. Kim as an employee uh, for, you know, for a very long time up until recently. So I just opened up uh, the Mount Prospect location in August of 2020, uh, right, in, right in the middle of the pandemic, which is uh, not recommended usually, but it's, it is what it is with uh, all the uh, different uh avenues we had to pursue and it was like the ball is rolling balls rolling so we had to we had to jump on it as soon as we could um but yeah it's been my dream for the longest time just to be able to do something like this all right and so got opened up finally you know the the process i'm sure we were thinking about it for years but kind of officially started the end of 2019 covid put a little bit of a delay on it you got open in august and this is, this is a full-time career for you, right? A lot of guys, um, I think, run schools, but also have, have other things going on. You're, you're full-time committed. This is your baby. 
Yeah, it's something that I, I mean, I tell people I don't really work, right? It's something where I, I love what I do so much that I can't see myself being, I can't sit behind a desk. I'm really restless kind of thing. Um, but having a conventional job is something that uh, I don't have to have. And so I really enjoy uh, doing this as a full-time thing. It's a labor of love in some ways. All right. And were you doing this full-time before you became an owner when you were working it, you know, for W. Kim before, or did you come from a different career to come into this as a sole project? Yeah. So when I first, uh, so when I first came back from college, I, uh, I was only uh, with them part-time. So I did have a full-time job. I did carpentry. I worked in a print shop. Uh, I even worked in a school district, a local school district here before they, um, before they actually brought me on full-time. So I was full-time. I've been full-time since uh, like 2007. Um, about so I've been teaching full time for a long, long time. Yeah. So your only career or or full time in this industry has been with the W Kim family in the martial arts. Correct. Yeah. Very cool. So you found the thing that you loved and you just rolled with it for a long time. So as you started um, formulating a business plan, an idea of the viability for this. Clearly you had seen that, you know, there were multiple locations, the, the business worked, it could sustain itself. So you knew sort of what it looked like to be an owner, but once you had to take it on yourself, what did it look like for you as far as planning, as far as, Hey, this, you know, this is what I'm not dollars that you have to invest, but I know what it's going to take to open. I know that, you know, this is the size of a school, of a building that I need. This is how many students I want to have. Like, how long did you spend planning that? And at what point did you say, like, all right, I know that I can do this. This is the time. Like, how did that all come together? Well, part of it, I think, is um, when I was actually um, uh, working at one of the other locations, I actually uh, was one of the persons that uh, worked in enrollment. So it was something where I would meet people coming in, talk to them, try to you know, get the get them on board with the program. Um, so I've never had a problem talking with people about about our program. So I was confident if I could get people into in the door, then I would almost uh, you know I'd say 60, 70 percent of the time get them converted into doing the classes here. And so um, so that wasn't really my my biggest concern. I think that the toughest thing was that I've never written as big a check I ever have for leases or for. Um, you know, getting the sign out front. Those are, those are things that are eye-opening to me because I, I never had done any of the, the business side of, uh, of the school before. Um, so just watching the money go out and not much money come in was, uh, was a little tough, especially in the beginning um, for me. Got it. Got it. So it's like, all right, I could see what this looks like operationally, but now when I'm looking at the bank account and everything is relying on me, the weight falls a little little heavier on the shoulders. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I mean, because, because of COVID, it was, we weren't really having many people come in. Uh, and I think in our area is just something that there was a little more um, uh, hesitancy to kind of, kind of get out and, uh, and, and look for something. We were still taking all the COVID protocols and stuff like that, masking in classes and social distancing and stuff like that. But this, we weren't getting as many people come in. Um, so it's something that because I saw so much money going out, I'm like, we have to make some sort of revenue somewhere. So that's when I actively started looking for um, uh, like homeschool groups. So it's something that um, I think homeschooling was something that is, is starting to take off more and more. Um, and so I just sent out, but basically cold call emails 
and said, hey, I, uh, I have a school here. I look at if, if you guys are looking to add some curriculum here, I can come in and teach your kids. And, and um, I found one that was local that, that, that jumped on that right away. And then I had another one the next semester that jumped on us. And, and so it was something that um, now I've got uh, three different ones that, uh, that I'm working with uh, throughout the week. And to be honest, that's those, uh, those homeschool groups uh, helped, make, helped me make rent uh, for, for a couple months out of the year. So that was fantastic. Yeah, that, that kind of led right into what I, what I wanted to go into is the, the homeschool groups are one thing when you opened, um, geographically, the, the other schools specifically where you had been weren't very close. So it's not like you opened and then some of the kids said, Oh, or not very many probably came mm. with you to the new school, right? You, basically started from scratch? Yeah, I mean, I had a couple guys that came with me, but it was something where, yeah, it was mostly from scratch. I mean, it's something I'm very thankful for the the, the, the people that came out supported me. Because I did have some people come from the other schools just to train with me, and they were just kind of helping raise uh, awareness. So it's something where if someone's walking by or someone's driving by, they see that the school's not dead. Um, so I'm very thankful for those guys that actually helped contribute their time. Um, kind of thing. But for the most part, all the school students we have now have been uh, almost like a homegrown kind of thing. Okay. So you've had some, are you in a, a high visibility area where you get a lot of drive-by traffic, a lot of foot traffic? Uh, is the, and if so, was that, you know, a requirement for you when you found your space? So yes and no. It was something where um, when we started looking, uh, we started looking for space in 2019 and it was just looking for, it was actually try, trying to find a place where, so we're 3,500 square feet. Um, it was hard to find something that was that size. I could find something that was huge, like, you know, six, 7,000, but I was also finding stuff that was like only 1,200 and I needed a little more space than that. And so uh, it was one of the things that we were looking for visibility, uh, good parking. Uh, we want to make sure that people had good accessible parking. Um, and yeah, this is something that I was just driving by and actually saw, oh, I haven't seen this one in my search. So I called them up and then is the is like that month that we uh, started working um, the lease for this place. So uh, yeah, okay. lots of traffic, lots of lots of people walking by. It's great. All right. And then one of the other things that came up or, you know, had to be some sort of consideration uh, when when you're going out on your own and starting a school is, you know, you took an association affiliation with with w kim versus just just starting your own school um sure. was it ever a consideration to just go and strike out on your own or was it hey part of the reason why i feel comfortable doing this is because of our association like how much did that play in oh that was that was, that was a huge consideration because it's something where um doing something on my own it's not that in hindsight i realize it's not something i couldn't do but the fact that I've been with them for so long and the support that they gave me was immense. Um, and like, it's not something where I'm, I'm uh, uh, having a lot of students from the other locations come with me, but it's something just having the support of my, uh, my grandmaster and the other masters um, to help go on this. I believe in being part of something bigger because if you have something that you can believe in, something you can follow, having those, uh, those other goals is something that's gonna help you be more successful because you can lean into those beliefs and those systems. Yeah. And would you say that, is it fair to say that specifically in the world of, of martial arts, that there is a higher degree of respect and reverence 
for your lineage, for teachers, for people who have brought you along the way that keeps you tied in a little more closely than maybe some other, um, you know, other other things that aren't martial arts, maybe general fitness or training or or sport. Yeah. You think there's a, a different desire or, or commonality for direct lineage and connection? Yeah, I think I think that plays into it uh, somewhat. You know, so having a recognizable name uh, just from like in the in the northwest suburbs of Chicago where we're at uh, definitely helps a little bit. I can say, hey, we are a part of something bigger. Um, a lot of people kind of like that rather than like, oh, you've only been here for two and a half years. You probably don't have that much experience. You know, it's something where um, I can actually point to it. Well, I've been doing this for this long and these are my masters. So I have their pictures on my wall. Um, something where I can actually point to them is like, not necessarily, not necessarily that, that crutch, if you will, but just something that this is where I came from. And I think that's huge. It's something where people people want to look for something that like when you it's like when you go on Amazon, right? You look for reviews that you want that the product quality is going to be good. And so in some ways, just having those pictures on my wall and I can explain that's my product reviews right there in some ways. Um, but yeah, it's something that th there's a there's a big uh, especially with uh, Taekwondo being from uh, from Korea. Um, and since uh, I, I trained under the uh, Korean masters, I really got a lot of the culture uh, from them as well. And there's a huge, huge uh, lineage kind of uh, respect that goes into that um, as well, at least from my vantage point. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that being a, a huge thing. It, and I think something I missed that you kind of hit on there, too, was it does it just adds more credibility additionally. And I think it's something not to be overlooked that where you're primarily working with kids, you know, from, from youth to teens, um, people that extra credibility, extra trust factor is a lot different than if it's just adults, right? Adults, we'll, yeah. we'll take a little bit more of a risk with ourselves. Like, hey, if this doesn't work out, I can just leave. But when we're gonna entrust somebody with our kids, it's like, well, I don't know, like if my kid's just gonna go to try to make me happy or if they're gonna know to speak up for themselves or whatever it is. So I think that even that adds another layer there when your primary interactions of, are going to be with parents. Yeah, well, the thing the thing that I think that is important though is that even though if you have that lineage, you don't necessarily have a good teacher. And so that's what I actually tell parents that they could come to our school, they could come to a different school, but it's something that they need to do like a trial class, but they have to find out if the kids got good camaraderie, if they've got good rapport. They have to find out if that teacher is a good teacher because it doesn't matter how much lineage you have that you can lay back on if you if you don't actually have the skills to put forth and help develop uh, those kids and make them believe in it and believe in themselves to be able to be successful. It's not worth it. Yeah, that's a that's a great point there. Okay, so you had a high visibility location. You have some name recognition to go on. Um, you've got you know, a certain degree, I'm sure of your clientele are, are referrals and word of mouth because, you know, kids talk to other kids, they talk to their parents, vice versa. Uh, have you done anything else to get the word out? Billboards, advertising, you know, paid marketing. Have you done anything else to get the word out about the school? Yeah. Um, so when we first opened up, uh, we actually went to the surrounding community door to door, put little flyers on their doors. <laughs> um, so that was a, uh, that was, I have a new respect for people who do that on a daily basis, just because it, it was a lot of footwork um, kind of thing. And we actually did get a couple uh, couple hits on that um, kind of thing. It's not something I'm going to be doing consistently, of course, 
Um, and we did do some Facebook some Facebook ads uh, for a little bit. And we actually did um, uh, Yelp uh, for a little bit as well. Un unfortunately, it's something where I'd like to do more of that, but the returns that we see from that haven't been very high. Um, it's like, you know, you can look at the, 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 uh, the, um, the hits that you get, you know, how many people visit your website and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that even though they're visiting the website, they're not actually calling the school. They're not actually coming in. Um, so it's something that I've noticed that almost, I'd say, I'd say 90% of our students is because they saw us or they, uh, they know someone who, uh, who does it here. Yeah, it's great. Like we all love those type of conversations because if it's a referral, if they know somebody, at least there's some built-in rapport there. There's some expectations and, hey, what's it like? This is it. This is why I love it. This is why you all love it. And then, and then the walk-by traffic is, uh, some people will say it's free, but I'm like, well, if you're in a high visibility space, it's not free. It's just built into your rent, right? That's part of the reason why good visibility costs more than, you know, being in the back of some warehouse park. So taking advantage of that too. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to touch on is, you know, you're, you have already embraced some of the non-traditional stuff or, or things that people might not, you got your stuff that you do in the school and that's, you know, your different um, age and experience level separated classes. You've got, you know, your belt classes, your advanced, your juniors, your kids adults and you've got all that in-house and then you go and you do the homeschool sessions um, but you've started to branch out outside of the norm there too and, and one of the things that you came up with was doing a, a women's self-defense course or class on a corporate level so where did that idea come from and and how have you gone through the stages of executing that yeah, so that's something where it, it happened accidentally, <laughs> and that's like and, many good things. Absolutely, absolutely. So I actually had um, uh, so one of the uh, ladies uh, who actually owns a fitness gym uh, just across the street uh, from me. She came in looking because her clients are actually requesting something like that, and so she just walked in and said, "Hey, do you guys do this?" I said, "Yeah, we can absolutely do this," and so she was kind of the catalyst. So for me to start forming like a, you know, like a one-off kind of like a women's self-defense seminar. Um, you know, just putting stuff together where they, um, they can have some confidence uh, to uh, execute if they get, do get into a situation, um, helping uh, give them uh, tools uh, like for deterrence um, and, and also helping them build a, a stronger mental, um, a mental landscape for how they approach situations uh, for things. And so that's something that um, I've started running, uh, running those seminars. Uh, I've got a couple more that are lined up for that, too. Um, and so that's something that's kind of getting outside. It's like taking a lot of the martial arts that I've uh, worked in over the years and just amalgamating it into something that you don't have to know how to kick, how to punch. You just show some basic techniques and uh, kind of get the word out that way um, as well. Okay, so is there anything along that same sort of path that you think that you'll branch out to beyond that specific like women's corporate self-defense do you think that I know you've listened to some episodes of the show and one of the things that's popular that we hear about is is having like some sort of either remote or on-site um, general adult fitness that incorporates it or mm -hmm. you know remote things or any of any of those other things at least you know are, are they things you might consider or do you have anything else that doesn't include those so yeah, so so that's a consideration that we've kind of had. <clears throat> that I kind of I say we like I, I talk to people about this, but it's just me. Um, 
So something I've had a consideration for that actually uh, as a, as an offshoot of what we're already doing, because there has been some of the uh, some of the clients that I've worked with who are interested in doing further, not necessarily learning how to do like martial arts in a sense where they want to earn belts and stuff like that. They just want to know how to do some like advanced techniques. Um, we're still developing that. It's something where I'm not <clears throat> I'm not totally sure exactly uh, uh, where that's going to go right now. So I don't have a clear cut answer for that as far as what I like to do. But it's something that where my main my main focus is the school and the classes and helping um, that grow. Uh, this is just something that's like more a supplemental thing just to help me. I, I want to help people make people be safer. You know, it's something that uh, it's something that it's uh, we don't charge much for the self-defense classes. It's just something that I can go out and uh, spread more awareness. And uh, especially I think with the uh, the way the world is these days, it's more important than ever to have some of those techniques in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not always the happiest thing to think about that. That's, that is the world that we live in, but there's a reason why martial arts exists in the realm of self-defense to some degree is because at, on a long enough timeline, either everybody will need some sort of self-defense or plan, or we'll know somebody who does. There aren't many people that are more than one degree of separation outside of that. So sure. better to be prepared and not need to do anything than to need it and, and not be unprepared. So I Absolutely. think that that kind of goes unsaid more than, more than I think that it should is like, Hey, it doesn't mean that you're going to go out and start beating people up at the bar <laughs> because, but it's, you know, if you happen to be peripheral to, you know, to something that's going on and you just want to be able to escape a situation, be safe, not, not being the antagonist. There's a, it, a great amount to be learned there. So oh, I, I absolutely agree. That's, that's exactly the approach we take is it's not about, it's not about uh, controlling the other person. It's about controlling yourself and controlling the situation to get out of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Safe, safe escape is a, is a, a great thing in a lot of instances and um, you know, run away and, and, and live another day is a yeah. lot better than, you know, definitely some of the the more aggressive stuff there's a place for it and sure. i love combat sports and things like that but oh, yeah. there's a there's a need i think for people that at least i think you probably you could tell me but one of the things that i think that that you all in that self-defense realm do um more than people realize is you teach awareness right just situational awareness and you know can i get out of a situation or de-escalate it or recognize it Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, More that's, so than engaged. That's how we start out. That's, that's exactly how we start out with it. It's something that it doesn't really matter. It, the idea is that if you can prevent a thing before even it starts, is that that's 100%. It's, it's something that, like, you know, you go to Walmart, where do you park? When you come out of the store, are your hands full? You know, so it's just things like uh, little, <clears throat> little things that you can do every day to kind of um, help yourself be more successful. Um, yeah, we teach a lot of the, the situational awareness is a big portion of it. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. We're running a little low on time, but I want to talk a little bit about the future. And, you know, we're, we're two, two plus or about two years into this um, actual launch. What do you see, you know, big picture? It sounds like you're a lifer. You're, you know, you're still a relatively young guy. You're going to be doing this for a while, it seems. So what other things do you want to see come of it? Is it, do you want to have multiple schools? Do you want to have multiple instructors? Is it, is there a cap to it or is it just help as many people as we can and, and see what it turns into? Like, what do those longer term goals look like? 
Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned uh, everything I'd like to do. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's something we're right now. It's something we're just trying to get more students um, uh, because we're because we are essentially starting from scratch. I don't have a lot of like high belts in the school. Um, so I do have some uh, some like with my, my, my own sons who've been doing it for a long time. Um, they help out a lot. Um, my mother actually helps out. She's a she's a black belt herself. So it's something where uh, we have uh, we have some people that do help out. But I want to I want to help grow like a core uh, so that um, I can have uh, multiple teachers in one class. So that's something I'd like to have eventually. I know that's a that's a time thing uh, just because it takes time to get through that. So but I'm patient. Um, I'd like to. Yeah, I think opening up another location, you know, being able to have that ability. I think that'd be a fantastic opportunity. Um, right now that's not, not in the cards at this moment, but I think down the road, I would love for that to kind of be a viable, uh, a viable thing. Um, but yeah, right now, if we, uh, if we go over, I think we could basically double our, uh, double our clientele before we'd have to look for a bigger space. Um, I think what we have right now. So it's something that where we're at right now, we're very comfortable, but with lots of room to grow and we're looking forward to that. Yeah. And you said you're, you're about 3,500 square feet. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. 3,500 square feet. And I'd say um, active gym space is about uh, probably three quarters that. Um, so we try to, we have bathrooms, of course, and changing rooms and things, but uh, we try to utilize as much space as possible just for training. Yeah. Operationally, another beautiful thing, you know, for people who are listening to this with their strictly business owner hat on, you know, a lot of martial arts space, you've got, you've got mats and usually pretty minimal equipment. So in the space requirement for people, isn't as much as, you know, a bodybuilding gym or a sure. CrossFit or, you know, some of the other spin studio or things like that. It's, you know, it's, you know, people in safe distances from each other and usually pretty minimal equipment unless you're doing specialty work on, on things like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's something where, I mean, our landlord was so surprised when I told him what we needed to do for build out. I said, yeah, we're just gonna put mats on the floor. He's like, that's it. <laughs> so it was something where uh, it was, it was, uh, it was easier for them too, because they didn't have to uh, do as much for us. But it was something that, yeah, it's something that more, a lot of classes, sometimes we get out the pads and we'll do striking on each, each things. But there's a lot of times where everything's just in the air and just working on that, uh, you know, building the core and helping get uh, the leg up in the air, things like that. Awesome, man. All right. Last question or last big question. My, my favorite philosophical dive. You've been involved in martial arts for a long time. You've been owner for a couple of years. What piece of wisdom would you love to be able to go back and, and tap yourself on the shoulder, a piece of advice, piece of wisdom that maybe you wish you would have known sooner along this long path you've had? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, you know, I was talking about it a little bit earlier with you, but it's something where, um, there's a term strike while the iron's hot and it's something where I've been more of the, uh, more of the opportunist opportunist now than I ever have been. And there's certain things that if I look back in uh, the past, even when I was uh, working at one of the other locations, there's opportunities that came and went that I wish I had uh, jumped on, you know, and you know, we can get into huge details of what those things were, but it's something where I think if there's an opportunity, explore it to the furthest extent, and if it doesn't work out, it's okay, but you're going to learn something from it anyway. Perfect. All right. The real last question. This is the easiest one I'm going to ask you. Okay. Our listeners want to find out more about you. Where are the best places to go and get oh, more sure. info on what you're doing out there? Yeah. I mean, um, we have a website. It's martialartsmountainprospect.com. Uh, so it's, you know, it actually helps with uh, some of the keyword stuff too, if they're 
um, kind of look for stuff. Because if we uh, just put in Taekwondo, it's a uh, very niche when it comes down to that. Um, we are on Facebook. You can look for us for uh, WKIM Taekwondo Mount Prospect. And then uh, we have an Instagram, which is just WKIM TKDMP uh, for that. that. But that's all the social media we really have uh, for it. So, I mean, you got Facebook, Instagram, and a website. You, I mean, these days I hear people going a little bit more into the world of TikTok, but having Facebook and Instagram and a website is a, is a really great start. And I mean, you're a two-year-old business, and I think that that's probably a lot of where it would come from. Um, but yeah, man, I think you're doing great things out there. I love what you stand for, what you're all about. And more than anything, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story, giving us a little bit of insight to what you have going on out there. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. You're very welcome, sir. And I, I wish you continued success. Thank you. You too. You're, you're welcome. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. Uh, <laughs> we are releasing episodes as prolifically as possible. We want to have lots of great content for you to listen to. And if you want to be a part of it, reach out. We'd love to have you on share your story too. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, Keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Jeremiah from Alpha Fitness out in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Jeremiah. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. I am really excited to have you here um, and to talk about your business, but let's kind of take a step back here. What was it that made you decide to become a gym owner? Because that's kind of a crazy business to go into. So why? Um, my reasoning behind starting this really is because I was doing something that I didn't know if I wanted to do the rest of my life. Um, I was a teacher for nine years. I have a degree in elementary education. And I started working out when I was in college, um, in high school, well, in high school a little bit, but got more serious about it in college and um, have always really enjoyed the people and the lifestyle and just the, the brotherhood, sisterhood within the gym. And um, I've always had a love for, for, for God, people, family, all of, all of that sort of stuff and, and fitness and bringing it all into one. And I even, 
I worked at a gym part-time out of when I was uh, during my, my college years. And I, the, the gym kind of was going downhill at that point in time. And I was presented with an opportunity to take over the gym at that point. Um, not really handed to me, but um, that had to go through. Do you want me to get into like how deep that really went? No, I mean, I think we have a general understanding here. I mean, of where, you know, where you got started and what led to you doing this. Fitness is something that you found that you were passionate about. And that's how a lot of us kind of get into this. Um, I okay. didn't grow up super athletic, found it in college. And I was like, hey, maybe like, maybe this is the path that I'm going to go down. And I, right. uh, here I am. Um, and now, you know, I get to feel like a superhero because I get to help people get healthy every day. It's, it's a great feeling. Um, but, you know, Jeremiah, what I would love for you to do now, since we're here to really talk about your business and, and your gym, tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about Alpha Fitness. I guess give us an elevator pitch of who you are, what services you have to provide. Just kind of paint that picture for our listener here because all gyms are a little different, right? Right, right, right. Well, I think what sets us apart most is that we are a real gym, which you don't come across a whole lot anymore. I mean, I've been in some when I've when I've traveled or gone different places. You definitely don't see it in my area that I'm in, but you see a lot of commercialized gyms, a lot of gyms that offer just classes and CrossFit and stuff like that. But people miss, I think, a genuine old school gym. It's just, you know, York plates, a lot of free weights, some machines, but, you know, it's about going in and getting work done and actually being in a almost like an 80s, 90s style gym. And I think re people really, you know, they desire the loud music and the um, just that almost aggressive feel. And that's what we bring. So I think that's what really sets us apart is is that factor and um i've had a couple different locations so far as where i've had my gym but we've kind of found where we where we are is where we want to stay and it's a very good location in my town and um a people that a place that people can access very well so we were able to go 24 7 with the gym as well about four years ago and it's been very good for us yeah so it's, this is truly just an open gym. That's like the main offering. People come in, they do their own thing, and then they head out. Correct. Correct. I, I've done other things. I've done classes. I've done childcare within the gym over the past nine years we've been in business. Um, we've tried those different avenues, and it's just not me. Like some of them bring in, they bring in money, but to me, it's not completely about money. It's about now, yeah, I'm not going to lie, like it provides an income for me. It gives me a roof over my head and food for myself and my family, but. Seems we might have. Bring it back to gym again. Just walk in, free weights, do what you want to, get the workout at time for, you know, class structure and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So you're more of, I guess, kind of like that bare bones type model. And that's, what's important to you is like, you know, 
people can come in, get in a good workout, the rest of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it does supply an extra little bit of revenue, but that's not super important to you right now. Um, oh, I might've lost you. Are you still there? Oh no. I think the Wi-Fi is. Sorry. I have no idea what happened. It's okay. We can edit this part. Um, the Wi-Fi is being a little sketchy. I'm not sure if it's your side or mine. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it says I'm good. Yeah, me too. I don't know. We'll try it. We'll try to continue on. And if we run into any more challenges, we'll kind of face it when we get to it. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I kind of want to come back here. Um, we're talking about, you know, the model of your gym. Um, and you guys are, you know, really bare bones in the sense that it's just kind of come in, do your own thing. Um, with that being said, you guys do personal training at all for the people that like really don't know how to work out on their own. Is that an element of the business? Yes, we do offer personal training. Um, my girlfriend works here with me and she personal trains a lot of women. I personal train the men that come through and we like to keep it that way because it's, I feel it's more professional. And also, you know, I'm going to know a male body because I have one, you know, even in an age of 2022, but um, she's a female and she knows how the female body reacts to, you know, different things and different things that may be going on even outside of the gym and working out. So um, that seemed to work very well for us. And we do, um, we both hold pretty decent clientele. So awesome. yeah, it's good because not only is that like a good part of the business in, in a model like this, you can bring in some extra revenue through, through that, but even more than that, how I see it is like, we're providing more value to those clients who might not be successful coming in and doing their own thing. One, maybe they don't know how to use the equipment Two, maybe they have really specific goals and they don't know how to get there. So, you know, it's, it's wonderful when we can offer personal training. Are you and your girlfriend, the only personal trainers in the space, or do you guys have like contractors or anybody else? No, it's just us. So is that an area, you know, what part, what percentage of the business would you say that that is right now? Um, I'd say it's actually a very small, I mean, we have a good, we have good clientele between the two of us, but it's a, I'd say it's only, you know, 5% of what we really bring in and do here. Yeah. So is that, an area of the business that you feel like your clientele, like there's more people that can benefit from it in your current clientele yeah. or do you guys feel like comfortable where you're at there? Um, no, I believe is something, I don't want to ever get really comfortable. I, I feel like it's something that we could grow. Um, I'd like to add on to that, but um, if I'm going to, I, I feel like it's something that I might need to bring somebody else in to do as well, which I'm not completely opposed to, but like I said, I'm a, I'm a control type of person to a certain extent. And I like that standard being upheld. So I know what I bring to the table and I know what she brings to the table um, to bring somebody else in that, you know, still is under that alpha name. I want them, I, I need to know that they're, they're bringing what it takes to, to personal training and all that kind of, kind of going not to go like far off of this or anything, but when it comes to personal training, I feel like some people are very, very much, it's just about building body and it's just about, Hey, 
you know, come in and work out and I'm going to push you to your absolute limit every single time. And that's not my belief in personal training at all. I'm, I'm the clients that I have. And I know the clients that she has that I'm also involved in and in talking to them. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I take pride in being very involved in all of my members and all my clients here, but I, I don't want them to just come in and feel that they're being pushed just working out all the time. I want to, I want them to feel a sense of community and family. So when they come in, they feel like I care about their day. I saw on Facebook that they went on vacation. I saw, you know, I know I saw their kid had a birthday party. Like I like to mention those things to them, not just be so strictly, you know, gym, gym, gym. Hey, it's yeah. all about body, body, body. You know, yeah, I know to have I a good that. body. I, I think that's like something that lacks in a lot of places like trainers just see their job as being a trainer but it's a lot more than that um, you're almost like a therapist in a way right you want to talk right. to them about their life because they see that we are interested in them we express interest in them that's what's going to make them feel like you know more accountable to continue to keep coming. They feel like we're family to them. And so when you look at, you know, trying to hire somebody from, you know, the outside here, all of those types of skills, people skills, they can't necessarily be taught. Um, but, you know, the more value that you can put into the employee, the person, the trainer, the more time that you can spend um, training them and, creating opportunities for them to grow, um, the more like value they're going to give to your clients. A lot of right. times, you know, people hire somebody and they're like, all right, go swim. And they're not providing them with the resources that they need to be really good at their job. And, right. and from our conversation so far, you seem like the type of guy that, you know, if you brought somebody on your team, you'd pour a whole lot of heck of time into them, making sure that they know what they're doing. They're good. They're right fit for alpha fit. Is that sound about right? Yes. Very correct. Yeah. Um, so kind of want to steer, you know, from this conversation here and ask you right now within alpha fitness, how many members you guys have? Um, we have close to 800 right now. Okay. So with um, 800 members, what's the square footage of space? Um, well, we have our, our gym is structured so that we have our front like general area where um, like it's like a basic membership. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like to call it that because there's still a lot involved in it. But and then we have an additional area on on the back where people can pay for that additional area as well. They pay a little bit more per month. Um, I'd say total right now we have. I don't know, probably probably 5,000 square feet or so. Okay. But we're also, you know, 24 seven. So it spreads our company out. We have a lot. I mean, people are literally coming in 24 seven. Yeah. And with 800 members, not all 800 people are going to work out in one day. You're not going to get 800 people in through the door. Correct. Correct. Just never, that would never be realistic. So looking at that, you said you're not the type of guy to, to get comfortable. You're always looking at growing. So, you know, are you looking to take on members? Is that something that's realistic for you guys right now? Oh, yes. Yes. I'm always, I, um, 
my goal, I mean, my big goal would be a thousand members, um, which I think is definitely obtainable. Um, I know in doing that, I might even need more, more space, which is not a problem. Um, you know, I think anything really has a solution and we already have plans for, I kind of, I'm one that tries to think two or three steps ahead and see what we're, what we're looking at. If it's something we're going to need additional space for, or, um, you know, something, something we want to get involved in where we need a little more area to, to work, then yeah. I'm always trying to think of those things and, um, keep them in line. Also keep good company um in people that i know can help provide those things so i'm i i've learned the business the businessman game at the same time of of um always keeping good company because you never know when they might need you or you might need them so never to burn bridges or act foolish yeah networking is so important and it sounds like you know your your mindset is that you'll take on more people if you need to expand you will if you need to move you will like you're right. going to face those things as they come so with that being said what do you guys actively do to find new clients like how have you built your business and how are you looking to grow um honestly i don't i don't do what most people might do to, to do that like i you know, and like I said before, I've tried other things. I've tried, like I said, when it came to like childcare and, and classes and all that sort of stuff, I've tried that when it came to advertising. I've tried um, different ads, different places, flyers. I've tried billboards. I've done, you know, I've done a lot of that stuff. And I do know, even from talking to our clients, because like I said, I'm very involved with the clients. This is the type of business that you have to be, you have to communicate with your people. And if you're not, I don't feel you have any business in being in it. Um, but I know that a lot of our business just comes from word of mouth. Um, we have a lot of friends tell their friends and we, we try to set up like little incentive things for that. So that whenever somebody brings in a member, has them signed up, um, they get a little kickback for what they do. Um, even whether it's, you know, so much off of something in our store or something to kind of keep, keep them telling their friends and um, keep them bringing people back in. And even yeah. when we have turnover in the gym or we have anybody leave, I do take great pride in people don't normally, I'd say nine, you know, 95, 98% of our members aren't leaving because they're unhappy. They're leaving because they're moving or um, deployment or something is going on where they even come to us and say, Hey man, I hate to, I hate to do this, but I, I just can't, you know, I have to, I have to roll out or I moved and my drive is a lot further. And, um, that always makes me feel good when I hear good stories about them really trying everything I can to stay. Yeah, I get that. Um, and, and you said, you know, you you guys are a little bit different in that sense, but I would honestly argue like most businesses in this industry, they're only doing word of mouth realistically word of mouth is everybody's favorite method of growth because one it's free and who doesn't love free i think we both are probably right. a big fan of the word free um and two like there's not much work that we have to put into that all we have to do is 
provide a clean, safe space for people to work out where they feel good, we, they feel valued, and they're naturally going to go talk. They're going right. to go tell their friends. They're going to tell their kids, teachers. Yeah, it's the most genuine. Right. And so we can always count on a little bit of growth through word of mouth, but we can't measure it and we can't predict it. So like we can't say, all right, we're going to hit a thousand members in the next year through word of mouth because it's not predictable. We can hope we can pray if that's what we do, but it's not predictable. And so a lot of people supplement that with other things. And it sounds like you've tried, you've tried billboards, you've tried ads, you've tried flyers. Have any of those worked at all for you or you feel like it's just been a total wash? Uh, I feel like they've, some of them have worked to a certain extent, but nothing like, you know, they just don't work out as well at all. Not even close. Right. You know, so to me, there's no point in putting money into something that's not, I'm not at least seeing that money back. Of course. That, you know, you it doesn't want to see a ROI. Like if there's not, if you're not seeing a, a heavy return on investment, it's not worth it. Um, it's not worth your time. Cause as a Correct. gym business owner, you're 24 hours in a day. They go by quick. This is a hectic business, especially when you're in the right. business training too. Um, do you guys have a social media presence? Have you guys utilized that uh, to pull in new clients at all? Um, yes. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we do a lot through social media. Now, when it comes to, I was told by a mentor of mine, and I still stick to this because I believe it to be very true, but um, I know people come to Alpha because... They, they like me and I try to make myself, um, I try to sell myself in that. So when it comes to Facebook, of course, I, I shout out everything about um, Alpha and, and the gym, but I also like to, the, to let them know I'm not just about gym, I'm about friends and family and um, I enjoy other things outside of the gym. Um, so I'm a real person at the same time, but um, I don't, as, as far as like business wise, when it comes to this stuff, like you ask, I'm not, I'm not big on Facebook on um, social media, as far as alpha fitness per se, more so me selling alpha fitness personally. Yeah. Because Facebook makes you pay for the ads and all the BS that, you know, they aren't going to launch your stuff if you don't pay for it. Right. And I've come to learn that, you know, um, algorithms are a real thing. So um, for anybody listening out there that wants to spend a ton of time putting something on their business Facebook page, it's not going to be very successful unless you're paying for an ad. Otherwise, not many people are going to see it. More people see my personal content on there. Um, that's why I mix personal and business a lot. Um, when it comes to Instagram, um, I kind of do the same thing. Um, I have my, my own Instagram page and then I have an alpha Instagram page. And, um, I always try to, I post a lot of gym alpha stuff on my personal page. I mean, my, even my Instagram handle is alpha poppy. So it's, um, people know me for that. Uh, and so when I, when it comes to social media presence, I would always tell somebody new in business, whether it's a a gym, a coffee shop, um, a tattoo shop, anything, sell yourself more so than the business because if you're a good person and you're really genuinely trying to take care of people 
um, that's going to get you a lot further. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, your idea of selling yourself on social media, it's great. And I think that we should all be doing it. I think that if we have a business, we should be utilizing social media on our own personal behalf to promote our business. Because in today's world, everybody's on social media. So that's a simple little thing that we can do to help our business grow. But, you know, in my experience talking to gym owners, I have seen people, you know, getting a really good ROI through the advertising side of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the advertising can definitely work. Why is that something that you haven't tried yet? Because it sounds like you have a, a decent social media acumen. You understand the importance. So why haven't you tried that yet? Um, I have tried it. Like mm-hmm. I said, I've tried almost everything. I just, right. um, I've put Facebook ads out there and I've, and I've tried that sort of stuff. I just, <laughs> I'm a very, if you knew me personally, I'm not, I'm a very, I don't even know how to put this. I'm a, I'm a somewhat political person at the same time. I, um, if I can speak very freely, I think that it's bullshit that you should have to pay for ads and stuff like that on, on social media um, to just be able to be seen or to put on hashtags that, um, you know, that I don't even always believe in that are going to get more views. Um, so it's not something I'm, I'm completely opposed to. I just have like a stance behind, Hey, I'm going to do this kind of raw rather than pay the man to pay Zuckerberg to shout it out there for me. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, no matter how political you are and what your beliefs are, like, like you said, you feel like it's bullshit, right. That you have to pay for it, but it is a way for you to grow your business. (laughs) Like you sound like the type of guy that like, if you got a couple, if you got a couple more hundred members coming through the door of your facility, you'd be feeling pretty good. Right. Oh yeah. I think always being open to that possibility of like, what edge can I place on what I'm currently doing to like, get me to that next step. And right now in this industry, that's what people are doing to get there. I mean, you might feel like it's baloney, but it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I ask you, Jeremiah, um, you know, I think the last final question that I would love to, to kind of cover here is with your business, if I could hand you a magic wand and you've reached some goals, you, you could have anything that you wanted for your business. What would that picture look like for you? I mean, like you could accomplish anything for alpha fitness. What would that look like? Oh man. Um, Sorry. I'm thinking for a second. It's, okay. it's a loaded, it's a loaded, a loaded question. Most people are not prepared for that one, but I think it's so important for yeah. us as business owners to like picture that, that dream. It is hard to see all that because honestly, even when this started in 2013, like I remember the first day and I never would have thought that it would have even turned into what it has turned into. And I never thought that, you know, I'd see as many faces as I do in a day and the people coming through here and something to kind of call my own and um 
you know, seeing the alpha logo on people's t-shirts and seeing them tattooed, seeing it tattooed on some people. And like, I, I never thought I'd see that, you know, even the logo was a shower thought, you know, it was something that I kind of thought about and then got out and drew it up. You know, it wasn't, um, so I'm very happy with the goals with, 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 um, the progress and what's been hit, but I don't know. I guess if I could wave a wand on it, I'd want it. I'd want it. I always want bigger and better, but I don't want it to a point that I, um, that I lose touch with reality and the fact that I'm just a human being, you know, I'm just a man. You know, I think sometimes I see people in business that they get so far and, and things just continue to rise so much that they see themselves on a different level and they're no longer a human, they're a God. And they're like, you know, they, um, they can do whatever they want and they can act any way they want. And it's, I don't ever want to be like that. Like I want to, um, I want to grow it to a point that like, like I said earlier, I, I want people to respect it and respect the name and the culture that we've built. I'm big on culture. And I think that it's, um, it's everything when it comes to a gym. Um, and I actually, not to go off on a little tangent, but that's what I did in my classroom that I feel works very well when I was a teacher that I feel works very well in the gym. Um, you know, you can have 10, 15 kids in a classroom. And if one person comes in my, that one person wouldn't know how to act in my classroom because I wouldn't even have to say anything. The rest of them would put them in line. And that's kind of the way our gym works. If, you know, we got so many members to take pride in this place and take pride in what, um, what it offers and what it's brought to their life that when somebody new comes in, I don't know if they're slamming a weight around or acting like a fool, somebody, I can count on somebody else real quick to say, dude, get your shit straight. Cause this is gonna, we use this stuff too. Um, and, and those are things that I'm proud of. You know, I'm proud of building a spot that people respect and, um, Honestly, I don't, not to sound like content, but I'm very happy with where we've come. And um, I think that you can totally be happy with where you've gotten to, right? right but I think right. that you can also have the mindset, and I know you do, where it's like, you're open to what the possibilities are in the future. You might not have a big picture goal, but like, you're open. Right. Whatever happen, whatever is meant to happen is going to happen. And I think so far. Yeah. I, I think big picture goal. I, you know, to be honest, I'd like to see even another one come about um, a little different in structure to this one so that it offers a little something different. Um, if, if, like you said, I could wave a wand per se. Um And I just want to see, uh, I want to see people continue to respect it the way they do now and, and just, um, and see more out of that, you know, more. And eventually when I'm old and can't take care of this anymore, I want to see somebody else take it and it still be something that I'm proud of. Right. Be able to hand it off. Like when the time feels right. Right. Cool. Well, you know, I really appreciate your mindset. First of all, I think that it's wonderful to talk to somebody who 
is, you know, you said you always want bigger and better. I think that that's like a really great mindset to have. Um, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being here today, Jeremiah. Do you guys have, um, what's the website? Where can our listeners go to find you guys? Um, go to our Facebook actually is the best spot to find us right now. Um, it would just be under Alpha Fitness LLC out of oh, shame. Cool. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and, and listeners, you know, if you're tuning in today, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, go ahead and hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will get in touch with you very shortly. Thanks for tuning in today. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.